Hi, everybody, and welcome to In Conversation, a new video series from Shift. Today, our video partner is Entertainment Fusion Group, and we're going to be talking about how companies can reallocate some of their budgets and how they can deal with the virtualization of live events. Our guest today is Rembrandt Flores. He is the founder of Entertainment Fusion Group. Hello, Rembrandt. Well, hello, Grace. Thanks nice to see me. you. Nice to have nice you. I'm so glad you you're here. So I'd love <laughs> if you can start us off by just telling us a little bit about Entertainment Fusion Group and what you guys do. Yeah. So Entertainment Fusion Group is based in Los Angeles. We are a full service communications agency, um, mainly do PR and entertainment marketing in three areas, uh, entertainment, obviously consumer and lifestyle brands, and uh, three categories of focus at the agency, and that is PR, as I mentioned, public relations. Uh, we also do outreach, which is celebrity influencer outreach for brands. And then last but not least is experiential. So we do events, as you mentioned, for our brands, whether they be launch parties or anytime a brand wants to get uh, tied to uh, something, current events, right? Yeah. So when we could do events, it was last month, it would have been Coachella and Stagecoach. This month, it would have been Cannes Film Festival in mm -hmm. France. Um, but yeah, so we would help sort of organize and find those opportunities for our brands. I, I want to dive in specifically to the event piece. And I know there's kind of two sides of this. So one is, as you mentioned earlier, the events that you attend just as kind of a networker to meet people in the industry mm -hmm. and to meet new clients. And, and I know that's probably a big piece of your business, but also more mm -hmm. specifically the events that you would showcase at or produce yeah. specifically for yeah. your for your clients. Yeah. So pre-COVID, can you talk a little bit about the importance of live events in the day-to-day -day work that you do? It was obviously super important. I mean, we built a business around that, right? So uh, if I'm being honest, uh, it was 50% of our business. Mm. And that 50% is now gone, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, pre-COVID, it was really important. And uh, we did an event literally the week prior to um, Shelter in Place. And uh, it was to launch uh, a beauty brand, a CBD beauty brand called American Vanity. And we did it at the Sunset Tower. It was about 150 people, and we were launching this skincare brand, which is amazing, by the way. I have to give it to you, by the way. <laughs> Please. American Vanity. <laughs> um, we all need skincare, especially when we're doing all these Zoom yes. calls, right? Um, but anyways, hugely successful. Um, every important uh, uh, editor, writer was there in not only the beauty space, but the entertainment space. Um, it's a great way for... Uh, these writers and these editors to see the brand up close, right? There's only so much you can do when you're just talking about or you email or pitching them or sending them product, but they want to talk to the founder. So it's great for them to meet the women who started the company. Um, and again, see, feel, touch. Mm -hmm. And then they want to be around people so they can all uh, relish together how amazing the product is or, or whatnot uh, and try the product in, in person. So I think that again, in events, were important and are important. And I think that most brands, especially if you're launching them and, and no one's ever heard of the brand, they definitely, definitely need to, to see it in, uh, in person, uh, to feel it and touch it and see it. And they want to see other people's reactions to it, not right. just their own, right? So they want that, they have that mentality of that herd mentality, right? Saying like, oh my God, did you like it? What do you like about it? Oh, oh right. I, I, I like it too. 
you know? Build that excitement. So that's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's the uh, good and bad. So people like that herd mentality, like I mentioned, where if their friends like it, then they, they think that they have to like it too. Yeah. Or if they don't like it and they want their friends to go like, aren't I right? I'm, it's not good, right? Or is it good? Or, right. oh, it is good. Yes, yes, yes. It, it feels great. Um, so I think that that's the important part of events is again, is having that one-on-one interaction with that brand. So I can imagine as the realization of what was happening started to kind of sink in. And if, if your memory is the same as mine, it, it happened pretty fast where within the course of maybe one or two days, it became very, very clear that not only could we not even be in, in the same rooms and offices together, obviously no large events are happening. So can you talk me through that kind of thought process or even the reactions you heard from some of your clients? Maybe you had events already planned or they were hoping to launch an event. What was that first couple of days like? Let me tell you, um, remembering back 50 days ago, um, we were actually in the middle of launching a tech product. Um, it was um, an app called Watchworthy. Uh, brought to you from the folks at Ranker, ranker Ranker.com, and the good and the bad. It was, I think, we had to do an event, right? I mean, again, it's a brand new app. Everyone needs to know about it. Uh, We already had our list. We already had an invite. We were literally, uh, we didn't send out the actual invite, but we did a save the date, right? We already sent it out, literally the week um, of when this all went down. And so we're like, okay, we're still doing the event. We're still doing the event because uh, I think shelter in place was probably the 12th or between the 12th and 17th, depending on what company you're at. Our event was March 31st. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So literally every day we would check the temperature via the news, right? Right. CNN every day. I go, okay, we have to stay home. Okay can we still do something where make it small and make the event small and make the launch small? Maybe it's only 10 people, you know, talk about how amazing this app is. Right. Uh, and watch where it's all about um, finding your favorite TV show to binge on. So what better time? I hate saying that this was Very timely. For, for, for this time, but yeah. it was, it was like, what TV show should I binge on next? Right. Yeah. And everyone was home. So we, we thought like, Oh my God, we should do an event still. Um, but then Slowly, again, every day we watch the news and my client would be like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I have to remain calm and I have to, again, you know, I'm the expert here, but I'm not the expert in this situation because none of us have been through this situation. None of us have gone through a pandemic. So, you know, if we did, then I would already tell you like, nope, we're not doing an event. We'll do this virtually. Um, But that wasn't the scenario that we were in. Um, But I think it was actually the, the, I don't remember the exact date, but I think it was the 17th and 18th that I decided to pull the plug. So it's literally two weeks prior uh, to our event on the 31st. And then the client would go, okay, what do we do with the money that we allocated to the event? And so I go like, I had to think fast. I think I may see it. I'm like, okay, well, since we can't do a physical event, um, and I didn't know at the time how to do a virtual event, to be honest with you, and I didn't think about Zoom being now the, 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 the obviously, the Dirger yeah. um, way of doing virtual uh, events. But 
I came up with the idea of like, okay, well, why don't we do just do an influencer launch uh, and then target a bunch of celebrities and influencers to talk about Watchworthy, their experience, their real experience with Watchworthy, and then share it socially, share it on their Instagram stories and whatnot. And, uh, and that's what we did. We yeah. literally did that every week. Um, so the last two weeks of March and all the way through the entire month of April, and it's been hugely successful for Watchworthy and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of downloads. And people are using it because again, the perfect time to use it. And now they're seeing all these uh, stories from all their celebrities and influencers that they're, that they're watching. And so it all made sense and it all worked out. And again, it's all timing, luck, and I don't want to say that I, <laughs> I, I made, I willed it, um, <laughs> but, uh, but it really, really worked out for this specific brand um, yeah. to do a, a digital um, campaign versus a, 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 a traditional um, uh, physical one. Yeah. So, so as you're kind of making these decisions in your company, so um, I assume this, this has happened more than just to that one event. So you, you have a client who maybe has a, a physical event planned and you have to now make the decision, do we take this virtual? Do we reallocate that marketing budget to some other campaign? There's maybe two or three options in front of us for what to do. How do you make that decision in, in the best interest of the client to, to go virtual or to pivot entirely? Yeah, I mean, it, it does have to be sort of a team effort and everyone has to agree, right? Or the majority has to agree. So uh, I have a perfect uh, example of this. Um, I am an advisor to a brand called Yes And, and Yes And is an eco-fashion or an ethical fashion um, company. They make the most amazing clothes, by the way. Uh, take a look. I'm sure you'll like some of the stuff. But um, they were always going to launch. April 22nd, because it was Earth Day, right? Mm. And so there was just no way, again, to do a physical event, which what they were supposed to do. And immediately, um, again, from my experience of doing something completely different for Watchworthy, um, I said, you guys still have to do an event, but it just has to be virtual. Mm. And that's what they did. So they decided to do a virtual Earth Day summit uh, on April 22nd, and it was amazing, let me tell you. So basically, they had a panel of uh, a bunch of celebrities, such as um, Amber Valletta, mm-hmm. um, Alicia Reiner, um, the founder, Marcy Zeroff, uh, Susie Amos uh, Cameron, um, and so on and so forth. So to talk about eco-fashion, to talk about sustainability, to talk about Earth Day overall, um, and then they even had a sound bath uh, session for 15 minutes to start it all off and then um, I think the numbers came in they just sent me a recap uh, that over a thousand people RCP'd and just under a thousand people uh, all wow. joined in on the zoom uh, for this uh, two-hour event wow and again it was probably the first event that I was sort of uh, associated with that was virtual but um, I was super impressed and um, obviously there's a lot of technical difficulties that can that happen on a on a Zoom a Zoom event, but I think that was the perfect 
uh, I think, example of how successful an event can be uh, in this in this new world that we're all trying to get used to, this new normal. Uh, I think that that's the way that, that's an example in the way that we have to look at now mm-hmm. of how this could go. And then what else could we possibly do to make the experience even better? I mean, okay. I'm sure that all of us are tired of looking at a screen um, for all these meetings and for these events, but uh, how, do we, how do we make it uh, so it is more palatable to these people? Um, my suggestion, um, you know, doing sort of like a postmortem on this is like a lot of people, you know, want to engage and instead of engaging with just those people, maybe they want to engage with a smaller uh, subset of people. So maybe another room within that Zoom mm-hmm. where they can talk to each other, like like breakout rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be really great. But um, I think, again, as we think about this, because I think we won't be going back to to doing these experiential events the way that it once was. It's gonna be really gradual, but I think just for this next year, there are gonna be this social distancing measures in place. So uh, an event that used to be able to have 100, 200 people, maybe you could only have 50 people and you have to be a certain length away from each other, whether that be six feet or maybe it's gonna be eased up a bit where it's gonna be three feet or something like that. Um, depending how big the square footage is of, of the event space. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see. But again, uh, I think that I've been lucky enough that uh, our clients have found a way to, to make it work. Um, and we have to move forward and we have to launch. We can't not launch a brand um, because of this. It's just finding smarter ways, finding these alternatives to launch under these very, very, never, never been seen before time. Right. Right. Totally unprecedented. Um, thinking about the brands, uh, or the, the clients of yours where you decided against the virtual event route, you decided to reallocate that budget or just, you know, find a new marketing strategy for that brand or that launch, um, or that app. Um, how do you make sure that that value that the client expects to see at a live event is kind of translated and it's never going to be a one-to-one. Obviously you, you can't yeah. replicate the experience of standing in room in a room with, with people and experiencing the same thing all at once. But how do you kind of redefine those um, measures of success or, or work with the brand to make sure that they're seeing um, a result from the campaign mm-hmm similar to what they would see from a live event or is it just a completely different venture altogether? I, I think it's a combination of both. Um, in terms of what the example that I gave you with Watchworthy and the app launch, uh, those were the conversations and those were the questions that you asked were the same questions that we asked, right? So the client would say like, okay, so if we did the event, which we're obviously not going to do, there would have been about 150 people there, right? Right. And those 150 people have how many followers? <laughs> if they were going to talk about attending the event um, and then putting it on their Instagram stories or put it on their Snapchat or whatever. Um, and so we calculated that out and that became X amount of numbers, right? So using that number, that specific number that we, that we, that we sort of tallied up, how do we reach that amount of people 
by doing what I said was going to be the solution, which is a social media campaign. Mm. So that's what we did, right? So that's determined all that money that was supposed to be for that physical event of, okay, we need X amount of influencers and celebrities to be able to put this on their socials that are going to reach X amount of people. Um, and, but the thing that I like more about doing the social media campaign than the event, which again, is specifically just for this, uh, this example only, is the fact that we are now able to craft a message directly with that said influencer celebrity. So we know exactly what's going out, how it's going out, how is it being positioned. And then and there, we would be able to, to monetize because we would be able to put in a, like a swipe up feature or whatever, mm-hmm. so they can actually download right away, right? So if we were doing a physical event, all those celebrities or influencers, they're not getting paid, right? They're, they're going to a party and they're there to hang out. So they would tag Watchworthy or Ranker or both or whatever, but we're not able to craft that story and tell them like, hey, you have to use a swipe up. Hey, you have to use the handle. We can't because again, they're doing, you know, they're going as a guest right. of ours, right? Versus the social media campaign for Watchworthy. Then we're able to tell them like, hey, here's the brand. Here's the app. Do you want to do this? Do you like it? And they all said, yes. Hence why they decided to partner with us um, and, and tell, their, uh, tell their audience about it. But again, there was a way to track it because again, we know how many followers they have. And then we have the analytics um, after the fact, right? When they, when, they do, when they do post about it. And again, there's a swipe up feature. So we know um, with this dedicated link, how many people downloaded it. Right. So to me, it worked out really, really well. And again, um, very lucky that, uh, that we were able to go this route uh, for Watchworthy because you can't do this with every, every, every brand. Yeah. Um, but specifically for this one, it worked really well. So I know that for this particular uh, Watchworthy campaign, there was actually kind of like a, a goodwill element where you were able to donate some of the money and, and make it more of kind of a mission-driven thing. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, I, I could be open and honest about it. Um, so with Watchworthy, um, I think it was really important for me and for the client uh, to give back, obviously. A lot of people are suffering during this time. And, um, you know, so I said like, hey, if these celebrities are willing to help us, celebrities and influencers are willing to help us, we should give some of the money to something that they, they care about. And uh, thank God the, the client agreed with me. And so what we did was we asked the celebrity like, hey, um, we would love to donate uh, some money in your honor to a charity of your choice. And thank God all of them chose something that obviously is doing something with the front lines Mm. uh, of people who are are literally on the front lines um, or with families who are in need. So uh, Feeding America, for example, uh, Baby to Baby, um, who's helping, you know, families with food and diapers and and whatnot. And and I had uh, a a celebrity or two who want to give back because we have to realize uh, not only humans are affected, but animals mm. um, who are affected by this because yeah. uh, some people have, uh, 
I don't want to say abandoned their their that their their animals or pets, but they have, and so uh, one wanted to give it to a shelter. So again, this is some good that has come uh, from this, right? So uh, all of us are pitching in some way and somehow, and obviously this is a little uh, token of our gratitude to these celebrities who love the app and go like, oh my God, I'll do this. And but thank you for doing this. Can we do something for you? And they're like why don't we just give it to charity? And that's what we did. Um, and I thought that was a great way to sort of get these people involved organically um, and ways that, uh, that uh, they felt good about it. And so it wasn't like, hey, I'm using you. Um, right. Hope you're okay with that. Instead of seeing it that way, it's more of like, hey, um, thank you for doing this for us and, 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 and loving the app. Um, because you love it, can we, can we do something nice for you? Yeah. And um, and they were very appreciative of that. And, uh, and I think this is a great way to go about it and where everyone felt good. Yeah. So. It's a whole different experience than, you know, um, you know, maybe going to an event and showing your support. And again, maybe posting about it on Instagram or tweeting about it and then leaving to really be so involved um, in the campaign and to feel like, you know, you're doing something good at the same time. Um, I feel like that's, almost a silver lining of, of something that you could never again from a live event experience. And, and you were able to really transform this experience into, into something totally different. And that benefits more than just your client, but, but also gives back. I, I loved that example. So I'm glad we could, we could bring it up here. So one question that I like to ask of kind of everybody that we talk to, because um, we're all, brands and clients in ourselves, you know, everyone here is in the business of getting our, our brand in front of new audiences and finding new customers and finding new people to connect with. So internally as a, as a marketer, um, as you're trying to get entertainment fusion group in front of new audiences, and obviously you're still trying to get clients and brands involved, how have you changed your own marketing strategy internally to make sure that you're still staying in front of your own audiences. Yeah. So I think we've done a pretty good job of, um, you know, I think a lot has to do with staying in communication with your audience. Right. And that's what we've done. Um, obviously doing things like this, um, are very, very helpful. And, um, there have been a lot of opportunities where they do want to speak to brands. They do want to speak with agencies or, or people like myself. Um, so I think that's one way we've sort of sort of have been kept in the conversation. Uh, and another thing is that just by doing good work, um, obviously we can't do events right now, right? So again, like I mentioned earlier, 50% of our business is gone uh, overnight. So we really need to focus on the, the rest of the business, which is again, the, the talent outreach, the, um, the now virtual events that we can potentially do for our clients. And then the traditional PR, um, because at the end of the day, we still need our clients out there. We still need to sort of break through all the noise that are out there, um, but doing it in a very respectful way. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually speaks to um, my last question, which I do like to ask of everybody as we all work in, you know, slightly different facets of the industry. Um, a huge part of my job actually is also live events. Uh, I, I was an event planner in a previous life, so it's very, very close to my heart. And I'm curious, um, your imagination of 
six months from now, a year from now, a kind of post-COVID era, what does the live event space look like? You spoke to it a little bit earlier around maybe they're just smaller, maybe people are just more careful, but thinking about brand events, experiential events, weddings, um, is this a fundamental change that we're going to have to kind of, this is a before and after scenario where it's, yeah. it's never going to look the same? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the same until, and I think this is where it gets a little tricky. I really do that. We will go back to normal in that old way of doing events and having big scale events, having a Coachella, having concerts, um, weddings, all that stuff once there is a vaccine, mm. right? Once we have that vaccine where it can be um, used and available to the masses, we'll be fine again, right? Just like the flu, just like everything else that's come before COVID-19. But until then, that's when we have to literally go, okay, why are we doing this event? Do we need to do this event? How are we going to do this event since we've chosen to do a physical event? Um, and then it's all going to be determined by our government, right? So that is by the state, our, our, our governor, and that is by our city. So the mayor is going to decide. They're going to tell us right. if you are going to congregate, this is how many people are allowed to be in this amount of square feet, right? right? And that'll determine how we do events from here on out until that vaccine comes. So whether that be, uh, again, if we're just gonna use in today's terms, that six feet rule, then how many square feet do you have where a person could be six feet apart from every single person in that room, Yeah. right? And that might be a pain in the butt to figure <laughs> out, or we just be, you know, get ahead of it and be smart about it and go like, you know what? Forget the huge event, I'm gonna do smaller, very um, specific and intimate event with 10 people and maybe spread it out in a couple of days. Like these are the 10 people I'm going to invite on Monday. Right. Here are the 10 people I'm going to invite on Tuesday. Here are the 10 people I'm going to invite on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. So at least you have those 50 people that you wanted to invite, but then you're just spreading that one event right. into five different events. Um, so they're all having that very safe, um, experience that is legal in our state and in our city, um, where they're all getting, again, uh, that one-on-one, uh, that one-on-one with that brand. So yeah. I think, I think that's how I think um, how our events are going to be until we get back to our in uh, uh, our way that we can be in close uh, contact with one another. Um, so. Is it going to be weird? Yes. But um, <laughs> would we rather have this than not have an event? I would. Yeah. I, I, I miss people so much. You have I no idea. I think a lot of people you do. I, I think a lot of people, once we figure out what this looks like, um, as strange as it might be to only have an event with 10 or 25 people, um, I can imagine people are really going to be like raring to go and say, I'll go. Yeah. It, it, might be, it. it might I'll, be weird. It might be strange. You know, it's not what I'm used to, be. but no. But I think people are really going to be excited to have that experience again. It's it's so interesting to hear because you know it it's 
there really is no substitute for the in-person experience, but the way that no. we're able to adapt and adjust and even if we know it's just temporary, um, just find different ways to reach those audiences. Um, not everything is lost. Not everything needs to be thrown away. We just have to find a new way to do it. So I really appreciate mm -hmm. your, your perspective on that. Um, I want to thank you for, for taking the time and, and joining us and telling us a little bit of about course. what you guys have been doing. Um, hopefully we'll We'll talk again soon, and maybe I'll see yep. you at an event when it is safe to do so. That would that would be amazing. Could you imagine? I mean, again, in these unprecedented times, like we don't know, yeah. right? None of us really know, um, and it's gonna be very, very interesting. And I can't wait to be back. Yeah. Um, uh, talking to you about this, uh, whether that be three months or six months from now, and go like, see, I told you so. This is what's gonna happen. We'll or, figure it out. Oh my God, this is not how I imagined. Our our uh, our event event strategy. Um, we'll do a uh, we'll do a, a a sequel. Uh, yeah. When we're able to, we'll we'll follow up and and see how everything went. That would be awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Rembrandt, so much for your time. Thank Appreciate you so it, much. and uh, and we'll Appreciate talk to you it. soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.